Are you ready to take your leadership in your organization to the next level and beyond? Your competitors will be there before you know it. Today's leaders must perpetually innovate their leadership approach, evolve their organizations, and grow faster than the competition. Welcome to Innovating Leadership, co-creating our future with Maureen Metcalf. In the next hour, you'll meet innovative leaders who have become successful at the helm of some of the most respected organizations in the world, and you can become the next big success story. Now, here is your host, Maureen Metcalf. Welcome to Innovating Leadership, Co-Creating Our Future. I'm your host, Maureen Metcalf. I'm the founder and CEO of the Innovative Leadership Institute. We help leaders identify disruptive trends and envision the opportunities these trends create. We help them elevate the quality of their leadership and transform their organizations to build sustainable success and impact. I'm a regular contributor to Forbes and the lead author on an award-winning book series focusing on innovating how you lead and transforming your organization. And I am also a fellow with the International Leadership Association. I am delighted to bring to you recorded live at the International Leadership Association Conference 2019 in Ottawa, Canada, whose theme is Courage to Lead, a series of interviews. Next, you'll hear Cynthia Cherry, the president of ILA, to introduce the conference and And then I'll be back to introduce our guests. International instability is only getting worse in today's world, and it cries out for a need for leadership. Hi there, this is Cynthia Cherry, President and CEO of the International Leadership Association. And the ILA has its mission to advance leadership knowledge and practice for a better world. At this year's global conference in Ottawa, our theme was Leadership, Courage Required. And it was a gathering of 1,200 professionals from around the world to discuss, share, and explore the latest research, teachings, and best practices in leadership. In this series, ILA fellow Maureen Metcalf is the host of the 2019 series. And you will hear from corporate leaders, political leaders, and the leading scholars and teachers grappling with the complex issues of today. I hope you will join me in exploring these complex issues in the 2019 series. to welcome Danielle Hinkle. So Danielle is the recipient of the Medal of the Knight of the Order of Merit of France in 2017, and we're going to talk a little bit about what that is. She is also an entrepreneur. She's the founder and CEO of Danielle Hinkle Enterprises. She markets avant-garde and non-invasive technologies for medical aesthetic centers. In addition, as a brand, she develops franchises and offers Medico Aesthetic Express Services, and a range of cosmetic products. Just recently, she launched a digital television platform, Danielle Hinkle TV, entirely dedicated to empowering small and medium-sized businesses and offering visibility to entrepreneurs in the regions. As a speaker, Danielle lends her voice to many causes around the world, social entrepreneurship, education, succession, social skills, 
human health, and ethical values in business, just to name a few. So we're living in a world that is barraged with people who take the quick path, and in many cases, ethical shortcuts to achieve success. These shortcuts are often exposed, and many people have a crisis of faith in our institutions. This crisis has impacted churches, governments, corporations, and nonprofits, leaving many of us questioning who we can trust. We certainly trust our family in many cases, and, and some of us have a great deal of trust in ourselves, but this crisis can create a crisis of faith in our institutions, and with this crisis as the backdrop of our conversation, we'll talk about character. Danielle exemplifies ethics and alignment with the health and success of humans. She promotes being a leader who lives the highest ethics and she puts that into action. So she's gonna tell us a little bit about her journey as a principled leader, and that will connect us back to the award of merit in France. So part of the conversation will explore how we get where we are, and more importantly, what can we do going forward? We were just talking about this time being a complex time, where we're talking about crisis of character, but also that we are in an environment where we have bigger opportunities than ever in human history, and really asking the question, how do we as leaders become the people that people want to follow and solve the problems that we're facing? So Danielle, thank you for being here. It's just a delight to get to hang out with you again. Well, thank you, Maureen. Thank you for having me, and uh, I say hello to your listeners, and uh, I hope that our conversation is going to bring many to a certain uh, point of reflection or, or just uh, thinking out of the box. That's what I love, actually. That's what humans do, and that's what they're good at, trying to think out of the box. <laughs> So let's talk about the Knight of the Order of Merit of France, mm -hmm. that you won this award and or were, were bestowed this award. Yes. It's not like you won a beauty pageant. No. Um, in 2017, and it exemplifies the human being that you are and, and what you do in the world. So please tell us a little bit about what this is and what it means. Well, when I came, actually, I was born in North Africa, in Morocco, and I grew up in Algeria, which mm -hmm. are not easy countries to live in, and especially when you're a woman. My mother was Jewish, and she married my father that was German. So already my path was not going to be an easy one. Mm -hmm. Then she decided that I was going to be baptized Catholic. So, and then at the age of 19, I uh, was, um, she, she actually married me um, to the best friend of my half-brother, which was um, a Muslim. So when I got that uh, award, I would say, or I was nominated, um, they said something about how they perceived me. They said, you are the unicity within universality. So I do not judge anything. I learn to leave and keep myself very much open to our world because it's magnificent, because it is our world, and because we are all unique but different. I often say, and I wrote a book that says, the difference is the only thing 
that is common that we have. It's mm -hmm. the only common thing we have. And if you think about it, it is. So my path as a mother, as a grandmother, as a businesswoman, as an um, um, spokesperson, um, and especially for the financial independence of women um, anywhere in the world, I think that led me to be humble. I am humbled by everything that is being done by certain people around the world, men and women, mm -hmm. that we have no idea about, that are very, very low profile, mm -hmm. that are doing extremely dangerous things for um, the security and life of, mm -hmm. of children to go to school, uh, to create wealth, to be part of their community. But nobody speaks about that. The only thing we have a tendency of talking about is everything that creates fear. So we, we have learned within the last, I would say, 20 years mainly, to, to, to talk about everything that we should be afraid of. And we can't. A human being cannot live in fear all the time, every day, from morning to night. You lose your mind. And then we... We see depression. Now, depression is not even adults. We're talking about children. We're talking about children very young, six, seven years old. This is unknown. So when, when, Maureen, are we going to really wonder what's happening? Instead of talking about what is this, why, why, why don't we talk about the cause? You know, I have a friend who studies what he calls positive deviance. So what are the, the two and three standard deviations out to the positive side? What are, what are happening in those environments? And his work is to collect those and catalyze them and, and create frameworks so that the rest of us can begin to create those positive environments instead of the negative environments. There are now tools we, we aren't using them universally, but they exist. Of course they do. But why don't we speak about them? Why don't we raise our voices? Why we only hear the voices that we don't want to hear? Why are we afraid not to speak about the truth? We have all possibilities. We're talking now about climate, climate change, about the environment, the respect of environment. But this has been spoken, I mean, years and years ago. Uh, I mean, we wait for the what? For, for, for things to really become kind of at a very um, difficult turning point. Mm -hmm. Why do we do that? So, you know, when I speak to people, I don't come from a place of confrontation. Confrontation doesn't bring anything that is positive. Mm -hmm. Confrontation does only actually, um, um, I would say, uh, bring back fear. Because if I confront, it's because I'm afraid of mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. or what you're saying. I don't. What I am trying to say is, let's ask our children, our youth, what do they see? Let's go back to looking at our lives and society through their eyes. We might be surprised. Let's try to go to the difference that we think it is different. And actually, everything around us is different. Every, everyone is different from another, one another. But 
what are we afraid of? You know, you said something about looking through their eyes. Yes. And I agree. And we're still the adults. We are responsible. We are leaving them a legacy. How do we create a world? This is the first generation where our children may have a worse world than we had. Now, I say may because with the things that are emerging with technology, mm -hmm. we also, as leaders, have an opportunity to create an environment that is better. Yeah. And, and when I say leaders, I don't mean just people in formal jobs of leadership, but everyone can lead changes in their lives and in, in our collective world. Yeah. It is through, I believe, education. Mm -hmm. Education is actually, we have two so important tools to turn things from negative to positive, two. Mm -hmm. And these two tools, we're not using them properly. The first one is the family. Mm -hmm. Family is the foundation of love, dialogue, security, food, caring, mm -hmm. and education because that's where you learn soft skills to be compassionate empathic respectful that's where you learn that then school school is the place where you meet all kinds of people from different culture different generation and you get this knowledge in order for you to have those tools and to create something that people will benefit from so we have two major tools that are we let's let's question them are we are we really using them the proper way well so here's here's my struggle i i won the lottery mm -hmm. right i was born into a family who valued education they valued us as children my mom was able to stay home with us as we were young children she went on to model getting a degree at mm -hmm. a later age and she just i won i I was born to people who were affluent enough that they could model the value of education. There were so many children who have single parents working two jobs. They don't have the opportunities that, that I had. Mm. I, I know that you had a, a different upbringing and, and were able to navigate those complexities. So I, I want to be cautious that there is what do we need to do to help families, but also not to discount, and I know you don't, the many people who aren't fortunate to have the, the educations or, yeah. or the foundation, just parents at home to help with homework, basic Absolutely. stuff, basic food. Absolutely. Well, one thing that you don't need parents that always have that cap capabilities, my mother was illiterate. Mm. And she was um, um, a mother, I didn't know my father, so she raised me alone, mm -hmm. but she didn't know how to write nor to read. That didn't stop her from doing the right thing, which okay. is to teach me about life, about respect, about courage, mm -hmm. about standing for your rights no matter what, even though when you're afraid, stand, fight for your place and your right. That's what she taught me. And she also taught me the importance of going to school no matter what not to drop it because she said if and and actually she said the only thing that will always be yours that no one could ever take away from you it is what you're going to learn it is yours nobody can take that away money it could come and, and go but that 
is your way through life. Through it, it's through education. So what I'm saying is, no, not everyone has actually the opportunity to have both parents educated that have um, a home that is safe. That's mm-hmm. not what I'm saying. Okay. What? No. What I am saying is, please, even if it's a child, we have now more and more organization. We have tools. We have people that are listening. We have churches. We have help somewhere. Mm-hmm. But we have us. Meaning that what I am trying to tell children is that to try to believe in themselves mm-hmm. because the life that they maybe are seeing around them is not theirs. It's not theirs. That they can make their own. That they still have that choice. They need to be aware of that. We have to stop um, patronizing. We have to stop thinking for them. We have to tell them that they have that power to believe that they can make it. Mm -hmm. That they can make it. That they don't need to be in a gang. That they don't need to feel alone that they might have a way. That's what I learned. I learned the hard way, but I learned it. I chose. Mm -hmm. I could have been, I don't even want to think because I was not an easy person. (laughs) It's true. I was not. But I learned that I don't want to be there. I don't want to be a bad, mad, uh, angry person. So tell us a story from you as a young Danielle. Oh. Because people, again, we see you as the person who's won these awards. Mm-hmm. But you talk about your childhood being not that. No. Nope. Right? That you had some tough times. Of course. I was bullied. I was bullied at school because I was different. Mm-hmm. It's normal. You know, children among them, they cannot, they're not always that nice. And I didn't have a father to, to, to protect me, and my mother was just alone. So mm-hmm. I, luckily, because my mother baptized me, she never told me that I was Jewish by birth. So I discovered that I was Jewish by birth when I was 14. So she she was always trying to send me uh, to the church and talk to father and to be with, you know, the, the kids that were singing and doing activities. Mm. So I learned that there was a space and a place where people could be kind and to mm. listen and to be safe and feel safe. So I thought, oh, okay. So this is also possible. That, so mm. we have this kind of world well yes Mm -hmm. things are not easy so then I started being um, more tough so I thought that in order to have a space and a place in the world I needed to fight back Mm. so protect and defend protect and defend Uh, well that was not something I was comfortable with but I did it Mm. I did it and was very um it came from a place I didn't like. It's the dark place. It's anger. It's madness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So slowly, when I became a mother, and I became a mother very young, I was 20, I already had a daughter. At 26, I was a mother mm-hmm. of four. Yes. So, so you said you got married at 19. I need 19. And, and you were in an arranged marriage. Yes, I was in an arranged marriage. And luckily, I was not in love with the men they chose for me. But sometimes I think, would I, if I was in love, been able to choose such a men or gentlemen with values? Maybe mm-hmm. yes, maybe not. 
So I learned one thing slowly. Life taught me that there is such a thing of when there is a crisis,、mm-hmm. there is opportunity. It's either either you decide to look for that opportunity、mm-hmm. or to stay in the crisis mode,、mm-hmm. and that's where you become mad and angry. So when I discovered who he was, I learned to love him my way, and、mm-hmm. we had four children. And this is what I learned all along. When I face a challenge in business, on personal matter, with my children, with with life, with with being sick or whatsoever,、mm-hmm. I always wonder what do I have to learn from it. And you know what? When you really want to look, you find, and it makes things so much better,、mm-hmm. easier to carry. And you move on. You know, we say when it rains it pours, but after after raining, you have the rainbow. The rainbow. And these are not empty words.、Mm-hmm. This is real. This is my life.、Mm-hmm. So I already I always say to people, don't ask me to give you advice. I have no advice to give to anyone. I am not someone that has a crystal a, a crystal ball. But the only thing. I could share with you. It's what I know,、mm-hmm. and what I know, with certainty, it is my life. It is what I went through,、mm-hmm. and nothing else. So you bring with you a message of hope. Yes. So why are you hopeful? And we can talk in the next segment about some of the stories that you've shared. So in a time where so many people are. Pointing to the challenges we face, and and you and I both know those challenges are real. Absolutely. Why are you hopeful? I am hopeful because that's the only thing that we, our human being, have,、mm-hmm. and that when I look at what we have achieved all along, what we all have gone through in different countries,、mm-hmm. different、mm-hmm. times, we know, and I know. That when we get all together, when we make our heart reach our brain, our intellect, then we could achieve so many things. Solidarity. We could help each other. We can give a hand because actually, when you think about it, a human being cannot live alone.、Mm-hmm. We need to live together. This is why I have hope. I have hope also because of our youth. So say more about the youth. Why, yes. Why? And you're smiling beautifully. <laughs> why is it that? And and you know we hear people talk about millennials, and sometimes we hear、yeah. bad things. And, and these are the people who are going to run the country when we're still alive. Yes. Retiring. It is our responsibility、yeah. to help them grow. Yeah. Just as they're helping us grow. Of course. This is not a one-way street, right? No.、Now. In everything. They're good and bad. When I hear people saying, you know, young people are not that great, I say, well, adults are not that great. <laughs> you know, when they say, you know, doctors are not that great, I say, but anything is not that great. But why don't we talk about what is great?、Mm-hmm. Let's look at all the young people that are actually standing、mm-hmm. for the right things, that are actually telling us. Enough. We are willing 
to walk with you, to work with you, to co-create with you. Mm-hmm. But you have to include us in your conversation. You cannot anymore tell us what to do when we disagree with the way you see things. That's what they're saying. They're looking for the purpose. We need to go back to that. We need to go back to humanity. We need to go back to hope. It is still possible. Stop fearing things that cannot harm us, can just get us together. Well, and what I'd say is our brains are built in some ways to protect us. Yes. There was a conversation earlier today about the curvilinear acceleration of technology and that the human physiology isn't changing at the same rate. So there is a level of fear that we're going to have, but the antidote to that is managing it. It's things like mindfulness and meditation and building resilience and managing our thinking. The technologies or the processes or tools exist that we can not be delusional and overlooking the challenges, but that we can manage the fear appropriately and move to a place of hope. Yeah. I have my, uh, my own way of looking at fear. If, if I recall, as, as far as I can recall, uh, I have always had fear. Yeah, me too. As, yes. I am, actually, my husband says something about me. He said, you're like a soldier. I said, really? I thought I was a general. He goes... <laughs> <laughs> he yeah, you goes. probably mastered that too, my friend. <laughs> but he said, no, you're like a soldier because you are afraid to go to war, but you still go. And I'm like thinking, he's right. I am afraid, but I face that fear. You know why? Because I am afraid not of the fear. I'm afraid of the unknown. So if I want to know, I need to go. go. I need to find out. I need to put my finger. And yes, I could burn my finger, but I will learn. Well, and I think that's such an important message is we're all afraid. Yes. It's natural. Well, we're wired that way. Yes. And... For every young girl who's walked out of an event because she felt not good enough, for every young boy who messed something up in a spelling bee, whatever it is, and for those of us who are much older than you and I, afraid of technology. Absolutely. I watched my dad trying to use a computer when he struggled with something Mm -hmm. and struggled with something that he used to be so good at. Yeah. We are all afraid, Mm -hmm. and it is in each of us that we find and there are days I quit or want yes I I get a little maniacal but (laughs) but we all have that point of I need to reach out to someone to help me go exactly because I don't have it in me anymore exactly but my partner Mike or you or Cynthia or any number of people there is always someone yes there is find what inspires you Find anything, a painting, a tree, a sky, a someone. Just find it. It's right there. Just open your eyes. Remember I said there is an opportunity in every crisis? Just find that space or place that where you feel secure and you can think again as a human being, not as a monster. Thank you. So we're going to go to break. This is Danielle Hinkle, Maureen Metcalf. And I encourage our listeners, as we are on break, to think about where do you look for inspiration? Is it going out in the woods? Is it playing with your dog? 
Is it taking care of your children? What is it that you do on those days where life seems a little too hard? We'll be right back. The Innovative Leadership Institute is your trusted partner to create perpetual innovation and evolution in your leadership and organization. Are you ready to innovate and evolve? Since its inception, the Innovative Leadership Institute has been dedicated to helping leaders evolve their leadership mindset and skills and create organizations that can continually innovate to achieve results in a highly competitive and rapidly changing environment. We help leaders, management teams, and organizations identify and create the capacity to update how they lead, identify, and implement transformative solutions necessary to meet their mission and create strategic advantage. The Innovative Leadership Institute offers proven results backed by leading-edge research and a global network of accomplished consultants and thought leaders. Visit InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com. Maureen and her associates are ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your goals. Move forward with the Innovative Leadership Institute. Visit InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com today. You are listening to Innovative Leadership, co-creating our future. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call one 866 472 5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com. Now, back to this week's program. So we ended the last segment talking about where do you find comfort in times of frustration. And during break, we were talking about the practice of gratitude. So, Daniel, do you have a gratitude practice, and what does that look like? I do, actually, every day. Every day I learn to be grateful about what I have, not Mm -hmm. what I don't have. And you know, it doesn't take that much time. Mm -hmm. It actually takes a minute. Mm -hmm. It takes a minute to really look around and say, I have a roof over my head. I have clothes on my... If they're Beautiful clothes, by the way. Thank you. They're but quite fashionable. Thank <laughs> you. But I have a family. They're healthy. Uh, some of them were not. Now, we fought together. And mm-hmm. one of my daughters, she, she, was, she had cancer two years ago. She's my youngest, yes. And she's a mother of two. So, you know, sometimes people look at us being like public uh, speakers and, and, and business people, and they think, oh, my God, they have it all. No, we don't actually. Mm -hmm. We're like anyone and everyone, and we go through challenges of life, Mm -hmm. but we choose to do things maybe uh, our our way. My way is, and my daughter taught me, and and she taught us. She's the youngest, and we thought she was going to be the weakest. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, she was the strongest of all. She started dancing and and singing and changing her food. And she herself taught her two kids that Mm -hmm. at that time, my Liam was eight years old and Shia was 10 years old. And she told him, now you're going to help me to take off my hair. She had long hair all the way back into her back. And I was looking at that and I'm like, wow. And I said to her a few days before, I said, please don't tell them now. Wait a little bit. And you know what she answered? She said, mom, 
you taught us to be truthful. This is my battle, not alone, but with my kids and with my family. So I am going to lose my hair. So rather just teach them that this is what's going to happen, but we'll do it together. It's marvelous. So she went through that kind of and she was grateful, grateful to know that she still had a chance to maybe fight this. She had the strength, and she did. So, yes, some people lose the battle, but my God, they're more courageous than us. Mm -hmm. I hear them speak, and they're like, okay, this is my battle, I'll do my best, but they're not victims. Mm -hmm. We are sometimes more victims than them. So and for things that aren't nearly as life-threatening. Yes. It's easy to take the little issues in life as a, as a significant challenge yeah. until we gain perspective. And that sounds so pejorative. No. But, you know, at any point, I lose perspective. I did something wrong in the announcements this morning, and I felt a little less. You're than, human. You're yeah, human. But it doesn't make me feel good. No, but you're human. You're not perfect. You can mm -hmm. see it. I said something. <laughs> yeah, no, we can all see but, it. but I did. Mm -hmm. You know, last week I was in Fredericton, New Brunswick, mm -hmm. and I was giving a conference and everybody was moved. People were crying. People were laughing. It was fun. But I used one word because it, I am, my, my mother tongue is French. So, mm -hmm. you know, you're, I'm not always comfortable in. And so I made a joke and some people in the room were offended mm -hmm. and, and, uh, I heard about it the day after. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But you know what? I was at, um, uh, moderating a panel, and I decided that I was going to bring it up. Hmm. And I said, of course, because I didn't do it on purpose. Right. And I am absolutely human and mm -hmm. not perfect. So I said to the room, by the way, before I start moderating this panel, I just want to say, if I had offended anyone yesterday, first of all, I would like to ask for forgiveness. Second... That's not my intention. That's not who I am. So I, I, I'd like to give it back to the one that decided that was mine. It, it is not mine. And uh, I just wanted to say that conversation and communication, it's mm -hmm. actually the best tool to mm -hmm. understand the other one. So thank you for saying it because I wouldn't have been able to excuse myself or, or ask for forgiveness. You know, it's a beautiful demonstration of grace and vulnerability for you and for others that you don't get mad and that you extend yourself the grace and ask for it from others. It seems what is so missing right now is if, and I'll use the words Democrats and Republicans, and, and we have differences all across Absolutely. the board. But if I'm on one side and you're on the other and you say something, I'm going to be offended. If you're on my side and you say something, I'm not going to be offended. <laughs> So I, right? So we choose yeah. people to, and we'll say yeah. they're wrong because of this thing. Yeah. And then I experience frustration. Yeah, of course. That I have imposed on myself. Of course. Because of my belief system about you. Yeah. And how often, you know, as we think about how do we find a way forward in an environment that is so polarized, the thing you've just demonstrated is someone finds something wrong with me, I can say, they're the idiot. Yeah. Or I can say, I'm sorry. Yeah. And I'll ask for forgiveness. And back to gratitude, I will be grateful that I heard the feedback 
and God to to demonstrate yeah. and ask for forgiveness. Absolutely, it's actually it's even beyond forgiveness. It's it's I am human. Mm-hmm. I am for if you look at me because I'm perfect, because I'm courageous, because I'm a strong woman. No, I'm not. I'm like you, and I will make mistakes over and over. The only thing is, if I recognize it. I need to express it, and I ask for forgiveness. It doesn't make me um, less uh, strong or or different. It's just I didn't do it on purpose. We, and that's such the important yes. point. Yes, is we keep finding fault in one another. No, as if they purposefully yeah. did something. Yeah, it's because we're trying to find in the other one what makes us comfortable. But there is no comfort in. We are different. I said that at the beginning. We're so different. Mm-hmm. We come from a different background. We have a different look. Our metabolism is different. We're unique. Mm-hmm. So why don't we accept that? And maybe it would be so wonderful to try to go towards the other one, both ways, mm-hmm. and to understand the other person, and maybe discover a whole world of wow. It's like I'm learning something I didn't know. It is living with and managing with grace. Yes, it is, and act- not in a religious way. No, it, it has nothing to gracious. do with religion. You know, anything that you give a name to separates us. Mm-hmm. Why don't we just try to live gracefully together and try to help each other? You know, I think we forgot that. We love to care. Look at what is happening around the world when we have catastrophes, catastrophes, sorry, or we have, um, unfortunately, um, these terrible things that happen in schools. Everybody then get together and try to help because this is what we do. This is who we are. So why don't we just go there? Yes, there is a lot of mental health issues. We know that. Well, we do know that. But but it it's coming from somewhere. It's coming from the fact that actually we said it. We are divided. We are not looking at a human being as a human being. We're looking at a human being as a thing, as someone that out there, uh, yes, different, separate from me, completely separate. So we push people to living in ghetto. Oh, ghettos. Ghettos. It's it's silos. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you you go into that box and you go into that one, and you women you go this box. Well, and that's <sighs> the way our brains are wired, though. Yeah. Right. To make sense of things, I put things in boxes. Yeah. So it requires a level of conscious and deliberate choice to say, I am going to rewire my brain to stop seeing. People of differences unsafe. Yes. As them, not us. Yes. It takes time and a lot of deliberate attention. Yeah. And even those of us who are working on it, when we're busy and tired and overwhelmed, we still fall into the old unconscious yes. behavior. Because we try to find the reason and it's easier to be a victim again. Well, and just, it's what my brain does. Yes. Without managing it, <laughs> my brain will say, it is safe that you it's say Danielle looks different than you. She could be dangerous. Absolutely, because I want to survive. And mm-hmm. because I want to protect myself, then we need to make sure that she is not there. You know, so I could be safe, which is wrong. Totally which, wrong. Which completely then continues to raise the question of how do I become conscious? And it is by having things like a gratitude practice. Yes. It's 
militant awareness yes. of what I'm thinking and managing that thinking and choosing choosing my words carefully. I know you are a big proponent of yeah. the words I use matter. And a word you use during break that I think is important, and we don't use this word in a business sense very often, is love. Love. Yes. Love is actually so, so powerful. It's oh, like, and used to pr- again. I, I don't yeah. want anyone who's in, in a business environment thinking, <laughs> "Here they go on some crazy no, thing. no." It's, Love it's the, the sense that all of us have. We do, we do. We cannot do anything if we're not in love of someone or something. You need that to create. You need. I mean, people that feel alone, it's because they feel they're not loved anymore, and this mm-hmm. is where we need to. You know, sometimes we think that giving to the other is giving money. It is not about money. I have been helping companies uh, to 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 become better or, mm-hmm. or to grow, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. But I have helped companies. I have invested in companies financially, but not just financially, by mentoring them, mm-hmm. by guiding them, by by showing maybe a different way of doing business. Um, mm-hmm. And 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 I um, welcome people from every different culture, generation. It's amazing. In my own company, I have, I think, 14 or 15 different nationalities. You should see them in the headquarters, you know, in the mm-hmm. cafeteria. They love, they bring food from each other. It smells different. And they, they eat from each one mm-hmm. to discover. Why? Because I have implemented in my company one thing that everybody knows mm-hmm. it is respect when you come in my company you cannot disrespect anyone for who they are the color they are or the size they are or the gender they are it is not allowed and it's made so clear that when you leave the company at 6 you do whatever you want because you are your own master but in my community, it's a community. It's a family. Mm-hmm. Then we're all going toward the same goal, and we need to work together. This is what matters. It's made clear. So I welcome and I encourage people to just stand for what they believe, but allow allow others to express themselves. We don't need to be agreeing. We're not. I, I, I don't need people to agree with me. What I need is for them to hear me, to hear me out. And I want to hear them out, but with respect. Mm-hmm. Because this is how we create different things, new policy, new laws. It's by exchanging ideas. That's what university does. That's what ILA does. It's the mix of all these unbelievable knowledge that Mm -hmm. makes us better. So love is all over the place. We just have to allow love to go through us and and give back love. You know, a tap, Mm -hmm. a tap, on mm-hmm. the back, mm-hmm. uh, a smile. You're sharing your coffee with me when I showed up looking like a drooping. <laughs> it didn't take dead any flower. <laughs> yeah, but it didn't take anything away from me. Sharing mm-hmm. is normal, is natural. It mm-hmm. doesn't take anything away from me. It makes me happy. 
So I'm going to go to a place that seems a little bit risky, but we're we're in an environment where where we are dealing with the Me Too stuff. Torture. Um, and all of the wrongs that have happened to a lot of people. Yeah. So I, I don't want to in any way minimize that. And yet, you're talking about love and just something like as simple as touching someone's arm. Mm-hmm. And yet, for many people, that feels off base. Absolutely. So we were at the conference this morning, getting ready for the plenary, and the gentleman was putting the microphone on Cynthia. So man putting a microphone on a woman. She's pulled her skirt so it can get tucked in and some joke about we don't touch each other anymore because yep. we don't want the stigma or we don't we don't want if that young man happened to be a, you know some violator we don't want him to grab her on the, in the process right and, <laughs> and so, but there was a joke about you can no longer do that without someone present witnessing yeah yep. so we are in an environment where the, the care, the human emotion of love, also seems dangerous. We made it dangerous. We choose to look at things with a different eye now because it has become our new way of living. Mm-hmm. Look, we have cameras in within oh gosh, our homes. Everywhere. Yes. We have cameras in the streets. We have cameras in the cars. In yes. We have we are being watched and and for everything we do, everything we say. Is this really the life we want to live? Be, but we, we created this. Fine. I understand that especially women have been mm. going through a lot of things that are not fun. Coming out and saying out loud, no more of this, it is finally, it is about time. It, and it takes but so much courage. It does. Talk about courage that courage. someone who has been victimized Absolutely. to stand against, especially someone in power. Absolutely. But actually, this is where we need to be careful because we have now decided that we will not allow that anymore, but we cannot go on the other side and cut ourselves. I'm not talking just about women, but as a human being from anything that will, like I said before, that makes things natural. We are capable of knowing that if someone touches you, it doesn't seem to be kind of normal or or, or nice. Well, say it. Push Mm it. Mm -hmm. I mean... We, but, but we still have power dynamics. We, we do. Right? Like you and I can push back. Yes. But I'm not a 16-year-old girl working at yeah. McDonald's to help pay the bills, and I'm afraid of that boss. This is why we need to speak about things. We need to bring models that are explaining what it is to feel something is wrong or mm-hmm. something is normal. Okay? It is normal to hug someone. It mm-hmm. is normal to give a, a hug and and. and praise someone. It is okay, but it is not okay to put your hands in the wrong place. It is not okay to ask within the first five minutes a young woman or a woman to go out for whatever it is. No, it is wrong, but it is okay to say, you know what, what you said today came and touched me. Uh, can Can I give you a hug to thank you? It is okay. It is okay. I, you know, when I came to Canada 30 years ago, I come from North Africa. 
And in North Africa, we touch each other, okay, a lot, because we hug with it. Even men, they hug themselves, whatever. This is a culture, so there is no way I will judge that, mm -hmm. because it's this is their culture. So what I have decided to do when I came to Canada, I had this habit of hugging or giving a hug or kissing. Mm -hmm. And someone told me once, Danielle, be careful because you're getting into their space. Mm -hmm. And I'm like... What space? I don't see any space. And so this is my answer. I said, you know what? I will remain who I am because it comes mm. from a very nice place. And if someone is uncomfortable, I welcome them and allow them to tell me, please, I don't like it. And I will say, thank you for telling me, but I will not stop hugging and kissing because I may think that they are not going to like it. I don't know it. It's an interesting, and, it, and the tension is real. Yes. Because we do have to empower, and I say our young people, and I'm thinking more, when I was young, I was way less comfortable saying something mm -hmm. um, felt uncomfortable to yes. me. Having bosses who yes. did things that they shouldn't, uh, or in my view, they shouldn't. Yeah. Um, how do we empower young women and men to say, to feel safe enough to say, it, does, it this is not okay to me. But you're not alone. What I, I say in my conferences is, please, there are so many good men out there, but they need to stand for this. When they see another man doing something wrong to a woman or to another man, please mm -hmm. say it. Please stand. Mm -hmm. Please say it. It's a collective a way of saying, I want a better world. This is my society, and I can't allow that. This is not part of my value. If we just walk by and ignore it, mm -hmm. then that is what is wrong. It is not, because like you said, and I'm sorry, Maureen, you said the 16 years old cannot defend herself. She hasn't been taught that. But someone that is looking at that somewhere, because there is always someone looking, well, that someone needs to interfere. So that brings up an interesting topic. And early in my life, I had um, often the only woman in the room. And so it was assumed that I was the admin and I was going to go get coffee or cigarettes or whatever. Yeah. And I had a, a gentleman working with me and he said, I'll go with you. Allies. The importance yes. of allies. Yes. And, and I spoke at a woman's conference recently and there, there were women who were frustrated that there were men in the audience. <laughs> It's about allies. Absolutely. We need to welcome we. our allies and encourage people to stand with us. Whoever yes. us is. Yes. Women, men, gay, straight. Everyone. Black, white. We, we are one. need allies. We are one. Today's day, we just have to welcome whomever you are. I am not judging you. I don't have that right nor that. But people do. I know they do. But this is why I speak about what I speak. Mm -hmm. I love you. The way you are. You will kind of not be within my, I would say, values if your values are not the one that I prone. That's yes. Mm -hmm. And I will just say to you, it was a pleasure meeting you, but you're not going to be working with me nor my mm -hmm. friend. And, and it's okay. I don't need to lecture you. I don't need mm -hmm. to transfer you. Right, right. No. That takes more energy than you No, because I won't. And yeah. you will not. So mm -hmm. it's knowing what kind of fight you want to carry, you know? So in our last two minutes, yes, because this is so inspirational <laughs> talking to you, knowing your past, knowing that you went from one place to, yeah. to being 
one of the top honorees of the country of France for the character you have. What's the invitation you have for anyone who happens to be listening to this radio show around the world? Around the world. Oh my God, I would just say, be proud of who you are, no matter who you are. Stand for what you believe, because that's how you're going to be proud of yourself, no matter what it is. Mm -hmm. um, and you know what? Try to find the best allies, and don't be part of a, of a club. Be part of something that you're proud to be part of. Something bigger. Oh, yes, because life will reward you one, one way or the other. This is the way to really, really make our world better. I mean, you, me, and anyone else cannot carry everything on their shoulders, but as a collective, we can make this turn around. We have no idea how powerful we are. And there's so much good possibility. There are so many. And you know what? It is a privilege to have had this opportunity to share my views and to be able to do this. I never mm. thought so. I never looked for it. It is just a gift and uh, as long as people would want to hear me out mm -hmm. I will still be doing what I do. Danielle thank you for sharing thank your you. insight and wisdom and story and the love you have for people. I do. Ho hopefully our listeners are touched by your story thank you. and feel uplifted and take that energy forward to uplift others. Thank you so, so much. And I love you all, really. And I particularly am in love with women. <laughs> yes. So well, how would someone learn more about your work? Yes. Well, they can go to my platform, which is Danielle Henkel, H-E-N-K-E-L dot TV. You will see what I do with and for entrepreneurs. My product is Danielle Henkel Cosmetics. They're, they're I mean, environmental, um, respectful, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, and uh, you could see DanielleHenkel.com. So thank you all for encouraging me and encouraging my companies. And I will encourage other entrepreneurs too. Thanks. Thank you. listening today and I hope you enjoyed the conversation that Maureen had with one of our ILA thought leaders and we look forward to having you join us throughout this 15 podcast series on leadership during these turbulent times. Thank you for joining us at the International Leadership Association Conference Interview Series, recorded live in Ottawa, Canada. We love to hear your feedback. And part of the feedback that really inspires us is letting us know how these interviews have impacted you personally and your organization. Please reach out to me at info at innovateleader.com or on LinkedIn, connect with me as Maureen Metcalf. Thank you again for joining us this week. Please tune in for another edition of Innovating Leadership, Co-Creating Our Future with Maureen Metcalf next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We hope you'll join us then and have a great week.